Welcome to The Water Tower, a podcast that's a sort of spiritual reservoir or backup plan for anyone who might just need a little extra encouragement to make it through the week. I'm your host, Lee Younger from Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and if you stick with us all the way to the end, you'll hear a full list of credits, including ways to contact us. For now, enjoy episode 58 called The Bread and the Blaze by Christy Fox.
This is from Colossians 1. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I think the time that we're living in, it can be hard to feel like there's a lot of energy powerfully working in me. I think a lot of people feel that way. And I'm asking that um, as winter gives way to spring, that you would show us what you're about in us and that you would work in us, that you would bring us to maturity, that you would bring us to a place of energy because of who you are and what you're doing and the way that you work. Even when it's confusing, even when it's difficult, we trust you and we love you. Thank you for living in us and working in us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Cast your burdens on the Lord, and He will sustain you. And He will sustain you. Cast all your cares on Him, because He cares for you. Have you ever been in the middle of an experience and it was completely disorienting to you? I mean, you were aware of the situation, aware of what was happening, but were at the same time keenly aware that you were missing a vital piece of information? I mean, there was something that was just not making sense at all. So, so like this, once when I was a kid, and I don't remember how old I was, maybe 10 or something, but. I was in my room and I was reading a book and I kept hearing yelling from the outside. So I put my book down and I walked through the kitchen and out the door and there on the carport, I saw both my parents screaming and yelling at my older sister. One of them had a broom in their hand and they were hitting my sister with it. Now, a couple of pieces of information you need. Number one, this was my older sister, you know, the perfect sister, and she never did anything wrong. And number two, my dad almost never lost his temper. So I was completely baffled. I couldn't figure out what was going on or why my sister was getting swatted with a broom. This went on for a few seconds and everything was so wild and intense that they completely ignored me. And somewhere in the chaos, someone yells, shower. And the three of them then proceeded to run past me, toss my sister in the shower, clothes and all. Now, eventually everyone calmed down a bit and explained the situation. My sister had gotten into a swarm of bees and was completely covered in them and getting stung over and over again and was in a sheer panic. And my parents were just trying to sweep the bees off my sister, but eventually decided a good dousing in the shower might help to get rid of them and and ease the stings. But anyway, during that moment, I was completely struggling to understand the situation. I could see what was happening, but none of it made sense. It, it seemed out of character and honestly just confusing. Now, I think sometimes our lives can have similar experiences. Something incredibly strange is happening and you have no idea what it means. It, it looks like a huge disaster. And if you're really honest, the whole situation that you're in, for some reason, just seems outside of the character of God. I mean, really? Why in this world would this situation be happening if God was who he says he is? Okay, now I'm going to get a little nerdy, so stick with me here. But I've been seeing glimpses of this um, as I've been teaching biology this semester. So we just finished studying cellular respiration. Okay, 
I know y'all aren't going to believe this, but I can still remember the first time that I learned cellular respiration. I remember looking at the board and being completely astonished. It was like this little tiny microscopic maze with like multiple branching parts that all came back together in the end to completion. Now, I'm guessing you don't remember much about cellular respiration. Most of us only get refreshers in biology class, and it's probably been a while since you were in biology class. But the basics are this. When we eat food, our body starts to break it down into smaller and smaller chunks. Eventually, much of it gets broken into these little molecules of sugar called glucose. And glucose has six carbons. Okay, so cellular respiration is just the process of taking that six carbon sugar named glucose, and breaking it into smaller and smaller pieces until you end up with six carbon dioxides or six CO2s. And, and you also get this little special form of energy that our body uses. It's, we call it ATP, okay? So cellular respiration has three stages. There's glycolysis, where we take that six carbon molecule and some water and split it in half. And we make these special electron carriers. And then in stage two, which we call the Krebs cycle, there are those, those little half sugar molecules that are now three carbons are broken all the way down into carbon dioxide and we get more electron carriers. Okay, okay, don't get lost. Big idea here. We're taking this six carbon molecule, we're breaking it up. But every time we do that, we create more and more electron carriers, and that's stage three. In stage three, you take all those little carriers and you pass it through a special enzyme and you make ATP. And for us, that is what our body uses as energy. Okay, now don't get distracted here, but I still remember drawing all those stages and seeing how this big six carbon molecule was broken down and broken down and broken down in each stage in order to make these special electron carriers. And those special electron carriers would make ATP, which was energy for the cell. Okay, now you see the food we eat is energy, but it's just not usable in our bodies. And that glucose that the food we eat is broken down into, it's also energy, but it's not a kind we can use. It's just storage energy. So those electron carriers that are made when it's broken down have these special high energy bonds. And our body can't use all that energy in all those different forms. We have to have a special kind. Our cells need these things called ATP. Okay, okay. Now, to be clear, I don't know why. I don't know why our body can use this form but not that form, but it's just the way we were made. Okay, enough biology lessons. The point's this, we have to eat energy, but there's this really, really long, super elaborate process called cellular respiration that has to happen before the food we actually eat is used to do things in our body. Now, the first several times I was learning these stages, I kept getting lost in the details and forgetting uh, what the point of the whole thing was. But in John 6, Jesus refers to himself as the bread of life or living bread four different times. Now, I think it's funny that today we refer to bread as carbs. And of course, the word carbs is just short for carbohydrate. Do you hear it? Carbo stands for carbon and hydrate for water. That's a, that's a sugar molecule. That's just glucose. Jesus basically said, I'm a glucose molecule. Now, I think it's kind of important that we remember that bread was sort of the most basic and common form of sustenance for the people in Jesus's day. 
I mean, it was always nice if you could add a little protein with fish or sheep or something, but mostly folks survived on bread, a carbohydrate, glucose. Jesus said, I am what you need to survive. I, I am life. Okay, now, honestly, I do believe it, and I also struggle to believe it. What I mean is that I know it to be true in my head, but honestly, I really struggle to keep that true in my heart. I know that Jesus is everything I need to live and thrive and grow. And I know that getting to know him is the absolute best thing I can do with my life. I just struggle sometimes because sometimes there's just not a super easy way to see how it all works together. More often than not, I have experiences in my walk with Jesus that are similar to watching my parents swap my sister with a broom. I see the thing that is happening and I'm completely confused. What I think I am seeing with my eyes of what God is doing is unexplainable. And not only that, it seems completely out of character for him. I can't even begin to explain how it fits into the picture of my own life. Okay, now I do have this hope, and it honestly came out of my freshman biology class many, many years ago. When this whole crazy step-by-step process is laid out, and you can see one glucose molecule can result in a particular number of electron carriers, which results in a particular number of ATP molecules, and miraculously, that is what we needed to do the work that needs to be done, that chemical equation is balanced, and the outcome is exactly what it needs to be. I know, I'm showing my nerdy, but God, it's freaking beautiful. Jesus said that we need life and he gives it. He's the bread we need. And even if we can't see how it all fits together and adds up right now, one day we will. I can just imagine, okay, when Jesus returns, I'm pretty sure that he loves me so much that he's going to show me my life as his own beautiful chemical equation. Right there on the largest chalkboard you've ever seen. Every input, every instance, every experience was from him. And it was rearranged and recycled and transformed to produce exactly what he wanted in me, how he wanted it and with the exact outcome he intended. Life, abundant life. It's like the biology of Jesus. So whatever framework or life situation that exists in your world, um, that world is directly related to the story that God has for you, the one he wants to write in your own life. So in biology, we always talk about this major theme like structure fits function. Now, however something is built or whatever its structure is directly related to what its job is. Now, I'm pretty sure that can be said of us. Whatever situation or setup is in our own lives, that situation is directly related to whatever it is that he has for us to do. Whatever our function is in the kingdom. Perhaps during our own lifetime, we'll discover some of those stages and how this event or that thing I learned was used to help me do that other thing 10 years later. I don't know. Perhaps we won't. But we can do our best to hold tight to his promise that he's life 
And he's the source of energy we need to do whatever he wants us to do. In Colossians, Paul tells us that no matter how hard things get, that he is with us. He is revealing himself to us. Jesus is unraveling that great mystery. It says this in verses 27 through 29. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. There it is. Did you hear it? Paul said he was struggling with all his energy, God's energy, that God works powerfully within him. This is not Paul's energy. It's the energy of God, the energy that God will work. He's the master creator and sustainer. Okay, now one more thing. I think it's really easy to forget that. Like what kind of power that is, you know, that energy that God has, the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Not too long ago, my dad got this monstrous pile of cattle feed delivered to his house. And when the guy delivered it, he couldn't get it out to the barn because it was too muddy. So he dumped it in the driveway. Anyway, it rained and that big pile of feed started smelling and there were flies everywhere. So it took a while, but my dad eventually got it transferred into the barn. But what he didn't know was that the water from the rain had provided just enough energy to start some crazy chemical processes. And it just so happens that those chemical reactions were ones that produce a ton of energy. And deep down in the middle of that smelly, stinky pile of super gross cattle food, things were happening and a ton of energy was produced. So much so that it burst into flames. The fire was so hot that it burned down the entire barn, the extended buildings, and it even melted the truck. The blaze was so high, strong, and long that we smelled smoke for over a week. Now, I don't know what this pandemic season has been like for you. Maybe it's been great and productive and you are seeing fruit in your life and you feel equipped to do the work that he has for you. Or maybe your life feels like a huge stinky pile of composting cow food and you can't even keep the flies away. Don't forget. Don't forget that the bread of life knows what he's doing. It's his energy that he works. Don't forget that deep down in that huge pile of mess is the potential energy to burn bright and strong. It has the power in it to melt the hardest metal. Keep struggling. Keep trusting. Hold on to that promise that one day we will see clearly. And if you ask, I bet you can even probably have your own chalkboard. Now, from 1 Thessalonians, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. 
May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Our first song today was Come You Who Are Thirsty by Southern Harmonic. The second song was the classic Annie Johnson Flint hymn, He Giveth More Grace, performed by Cheryl Butler. Christy Fox brought us a great word from John chapter 6 and Colossians chapter 1. Our benediction was from Jude 23 and 24 by our band, led by Thomas Cox and Christy Younger. Musical score was Habitual Words by Kyle McAvoy, used by permission with musicbed.com. And you are hearing this as ever because of Ian Gerthard, a dude who's like the feeling you get when you happen to hear the theme song from your absolute favorite childhood cartoon, Out of Nowhere. And our intro and outro music was by the one and only Jed Brewer of The Bridge Chicago. If you have any feedback on an episode or just want to get in touch, please feel free to write us anytime, watertowerpodcast at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at Water Tower Pod. Thanks for listening, and may the living water fill you up.